Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show where we recap, we dissect, and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I got Aiden Moss here with me. I've got our producer, Kian Haddad, here with us. And tonight, unfortunately, it is another eulogy. We got the Toronto Raptors, our favorite Toronto Raptors, losing to the LA Clippers, who did have some familiar faces. Norman Powell was shouted out early in the game. Kawhi Leonard returned to town after taking the Detroit Pistons overtime win um, off. I'm assuming that was load management. And, uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Another loss to the L.A. Clippers, this time 124 to 113. That brings the Raptors' record to four games below 500, 15 and 19 on the NBA season. And I always ask you guys this every show. So if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel, The Rapcast, wherever you're watching or listening. All right, Aiden. Um yeah, difficult game. Uh, LA Clippers, very, very, very good basketball team, especially when fully healthy. Tyron Lue was like, you know what? Uh, I don't know, Kawhi, if you if you have to play this Detroit Pistons game, especially when they lost. Uh, people forget Pistons lost one of their best players in Kate Cunningham earlier in the season. Um, Kawhi Leonard sat. That game went to overtime. Paul George looked great. They won. They come into Toronto the next day. Very short flight from Detroit to Toronto. And uh, they come out with a win on the second game of a back-to-back versus a Toronto Raptors team. Same story, dominated by a big Aiden and third quarter collapse. Um, What are your initial takes from this game? It's disheartening always, of course. I think there are a lot of positives to take from this game. Um, Pascal, again, performing like a superstar. You know, it's just one of those games where you're – you feel like everything's kind of going the way you want it to, right? Like there's a lot of drives and driving kicks for wide open shots. Pascal's getting to the rim. Um, you know, like we, some of our rotation pieces played well, like Flynn, uh, Fab put in some good minutes. Our, we, we led the Clippers and bench points um, really, but it comes down to, and even in the paint, we had more paint points than the Clippers, but really it just comes down to once again, like shooting disappears. Um, we couldn't force any turnovers and we couldn't dominate the offensive boards. And between those three things, you have a recipe for just a Raptors failure. If you can't win, if you can't either win the three point contest or you can't win the possessions contest, if you lose both of those, you're totally hooped, especially a good team like this. Yeah, very unfortunate. They the LA Clippers had 15 offensive rebounds to the Raptors, 10, 32 defensive rebounds to the Raptors, 29. Um, I, I don't know. The Raptors still haven't found out a solution, Aiden, for um, the massive mismatches that happened down low. And I'm going to give Zubak some credit because a lot of 
Raptors fans are going to look at this guy and say, well, who the hell is this guy? He shouldn't be scoring. I mean, Zubak's a very good center in the NBA, a very good starting center in this league. So um, the Raptors, like I said, Thad Young, they tried Thad Young, they tried Pascal Siakam. Um, a lot of, I think, the Clippers' success was coming, in, especially in the third quarter, Aiden, was coming from dissecting the Raptors on those Kawhi Leonard double teams. Um, the Raptors just couldn't rotate fast enough. It was a corner open three and another corner open three and then it would get swung and Zubak is open down low we saw Paul George drive to the rim alley-oop to Ivica Zubak um it felt like the Clippers just knew what to do they just came into the Raptors arena prepared uh Norman Powell had an absolutely fantastic game I mean we talk about I mean is Norman Powell the new Raptors killer who knows I don't know but um eight for 14 uh with 22 points in 22 minutes Seems like a typical Norman Powell performance off the bench. And this Clippers team is for real. And like I said, this team is rarely, um, especially the last, what, two, three? This is Kawhi Leonard's third year with the Clippers, right? Um, they're rarely healthy. Just generally, you look back at this team, they're rarely fully healthy. And um, when they are, I think they're one of the best teams in the league, um, especially when you have guys like Luke Kennard, Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, Nick Batum, all coming off the bench. Amir Coffey only played a minute, and he's a pretty good rotation player in this league, Aiden. So this is a very deep, um, talented team that the Raptors just didn't have an answer for. Um, I, I'm not sure where they go from here. I guess you just move on to the next game because it doesn't look like the Raptors really have a solution, at least roster-wise, of how they want to um, fix this massive hole that seems to be sitting in the center position for them. Um, where do you go from here, Aiden? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I mean, you know, you kind of have to just roll with the punches on these games. If you're going to hit six threes, no. you're frigged. Um, I do think that, and I've seen it a lot of Twitter and some of the commenters are noting is that the, the defense feels kind of overplayed. Like they need to kind of think about doing something different. And, and part of that is acquiring a big that they can rely on in the middle I don't know. Birch was active tonight. I would have liked to have seen Birch play. I think he was active. Um, and, you know, for that very reason that they just kind of need some muscle down low and then, and then, and then win the defensive matchups one-on-one, right? Like OG early on was shutting down Kawhi. I think he had, he was one for four or one for five. Um, Paul George, you kind of live and die with it. But like, I don't think this, I, how many corner threes were hit tonight, right? And it just, especially against a team of the Clippers who are going to hit those shots and they thrive off of perimeter play, right? Like they, they, that's how they win ball games. Zubac is almost like a second option to them, right? Like he's not, he's not the primary for their team all the time. Sometimes he is. And so I, if I were moving forward, I would be asking the big question of like, is our schematics working? I'm almost better I feel more comfortable with our offensive schemes recently um, than defensive. Like I, I like that Van Vliet suddenly become a distributor. I like that Scotty's getting aggressive and, but looking to pass as well. I love that we're running through Pascal and Flynn's looking good. Like there's a lot of good parts about our offense that I'm like quite encouraged by. It's been our defense. That's been like totally shite. Um, and there are certain teams where our defense thrives, and then there are certain teams where it just looks real bad. And the Brook- Brooklyn Nets and the Clippers are are two teams specifically um, that kind of just like peel our defense apart. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think Nick Nurse, you look at games like this where there's those, you know, clear superstars. You talked about the Brooklyn Nets. It was Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. In this game, it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George clear. I mean, when they're healthy, Aiden, is it fair to call them both top 15 players in the game? I think that's that's a fair statement to make for both players. PG um, and Kawhi? PG and Kawhi, yeah. I think that's that's Once upon fair. a time for Kawhi, but definitely for PG. Yeah, I think for Kawhi, I think in Kawhi's, um, for his case, I guess you have to see more and just yeah. more consistently just because yeah. he's been out and in and out and in and you just don't know how he's fully going to come back from this um, ACL injury. So um, I personally think... You know, I'm, I haven't given up on, on Kawhi's superstar status. I think it's just a matter of time before we realize that, you know, walking into the playoffs, this is still one of the best players in the world. So um, the Raptors kind of took the strategy of let's stop Kawhi and if, uh, let the chips fall where they may. I don't know, Aiden. I just feel like um, all the double teams were something that Nick Nurse kind of talked about. He clearly employed in his strategy. And, um Everyone else made shots. I mean, there were open shots for the rest of the team. Reggie Jackson seemed like he just didn't miss today. He had 20 points. Um, uh, three of the five starters had 20 points. Um, and none of those were Kawhi Leonard, So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you have Norm Powell off the bench who had 22. So um, very, very difficult and just a confusing and perplexing game to watch in the third quarter. It just felt like the Raptors kept doing the same thing defensively and it wasn't working and they would go back to it. And it was a lot of Kawhi Leonard at the high post. Tyron Lue knew it was coming. Um, and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's been seeing double teams for what? The last six, seven years nonstop. Yeah. So um, he knows exactly what to do. And he's, not even, he's not even the killer that they have to necessarily be worrying about. Yeah, right. Like exactly. I almost, especially if you have OG on him and even Scotty did. Okay. Like I think I, I've said this before, like you have the, a potential defensive player of the year like just let him cook on the defensive side like he did with Mitchell last game and and rely on that like like rest on that and then and give your other teammates or get let the other teammates kind of like back them up you know and do their own thing I don't I don't understand why we have to overplay our hand yeah um I mean if we were going up against 2019 Kawhi Leonard I'd fully understand this strategy sure but um I think Nick Nurse's respect for Kawhi Leonard just overshadowed the game. And um, I think we've both made it clear that this, at this particular moment, this isn't the same Kawhi Leonard. Um, not to say he's a negative, you know, a net negative for the, for the Clippers. He still does a ton of great things for them. Um, I still think he, he can be mentioned as a star in his own right. But is he that same guy who was once mentioned in 2019 as quite literally one of the best players on the planet? Uh, top three, top five, whatever you want to say. Some people, you know, crowned him the best player after the Raptors um, won the championship. So um, is he that player? No. But is he still a player that can um, have positive production for your team? Absolutely. And I think Nick Nurse walked into this game and said, you know what, Kawhi's coming off of rest and I'm very afraid of what he can do to our team, even though the Raptors do employ OG Ananobi, who's one of the league's best defenders, um, point of attack defenders, post defenders. Um, OG Ananobi's done it all this year. And I think the strategy um, and the tactics that Nick Nurse used maybe could have, I mean, I understand starting the game like that, Aiden, but just could have changed maybe midway through third quarter. I mean, the double teams, just, what are you going to do? Like if Reggie Jackson and Norm Powell are hitting every single open shot, I mean, you have to start doing something different at that point, no? 
Yeah, you do. I mean, I I'm in my head. I'm just kind of thinking about like different like lineup rotations, and I'm looking at the minutes played. And I, you know, honestly, I, I'm maybe this is a topic for later, but I'm kind of curious. I once again, I'm just confused by the rotations. Like, you know, yeah. Hernan Gomez plays well for for eight minutes. He bare and then he, but or for the starting few minutes, and then he barely plays the rest of the game. Boucher's kind of fallen off. Thad's only playing ten minutes. Like, I think you know you kind of need to find some consistency with these guys and, and run them. And I feel like they were doing fine with Wancho at center. Like I, I, you have to kind of pick your poison with Zubats and then Kawhi, right? Like you can't just be trying to counter for both. You have to settle in on one and, and sacrifice the other. Like, yeah, Zubats was killing us on the boards, but like, that's, that's, I think we could have managed just that if we weren't, if we were just playing, you know, heads up defense on the, uh, with every other uh, matchup, but we weren't. And it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like nurse is kind of a little at loss right now and what he wants to be doing. Yeah. Um, I think Aiden, you may follow Brad on Twitter. He does a, he did, used to do a lot of film uh, Toronto Raptors film stuff. And I think he mentioned a really good point, which is, you know, Thad Young's been seeing quite a bit of minutes at the five this year. Um, and um, his defensive ability just feels like it's taken a step back. And I don't know if that's really even a Thad problem because he's an older guy. And like, we're not talking about a guy who's 29, 30, 31 years old, 32 years. Like he's well into his mid thirties. Wow. That's a nice little entrance we got there. Um, welcome, Zorar. How are you? Man, I don't know. I, not good after that loss. <laughs> not good. Did, did you did you watch the game at all? Yeah, yeah, I watched. I was stuck in the Buffalo storm, and I came back. Oh uh, no! So I'm like recovering from everything. But then I thought, like you know, this this game would cheer me up a little bit. You know what I mean? Pick yeah. me up a little bit because the Raptors were like well rested, and you expect them to just like come out and run over a team that I think played in overtime last night. Yeah, and, and and like apparently slept like you know four hours. Whatever <laughs> it was, and like they they came back and they looked. They they looked like they 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 looked the fresher team, which was like really yeah. shocking. And uh, and you know I, I don't I mean I don't think this is a great Raps team. I think I predicted 40, 45, 46 wins at the start of the season, and uh, I, I, I right now I don't think we're gonna hit that even. So they're they're even missing my low expectations of this. And at the start of the season, I was like, I don't know, I don't this this the six nine no center no point guard experiment. You know, let, let's give it another year. But now I look around the NBA and I see teams having success with like traditional lineups. And I remind myself, hey, when the Raptors won the title, they had the they had a very, very traditional lineup with the two bigs in the middle. You know, and I'm like, how how much longer do we have to live with this uh, this experiment? Like, has this experiment given us enough data that we can make a decision that it's been it's been off course or do we need more data to decide whether. Uh, we, we can survive without a true starting JV type center and a more traditional point guard that isn't just, you know, moving further and further away from the rim to compensate for his lack of other things. I don't know. I'm at a, I'm at a loss, but like, I'll let you finish your point. I'm just, I'm kind of venting, man. That's all. Well, just to add on to what you said, I've been speculating the last two months and I don't know if it's a Nick Nurse thing where, um, you know, I'm sure he's had conversations with the, with the front office, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and, and the whole crew of what they want to do with this roster. And I don't know if there's clashing visions. I don't know if maybe Masai wants to make a move and Nick Nurse is like, you know what, I'm fine. Or maybe they both want to make a move and there's nothing out there for the Raptors um, that's worth trading, trading for, I should say. Um, I think 
I don't. I didn't expect. I know this is going to hurt a lot of Raptors fans, but I didn't expect the Raptors to win this game. I think the Clippers came in clearly the better basketball team. Did I expect it to be a competitive game? Absolutely. Um, did I think the Raptors had a chance to pull this one out? Absolutely. Um, but you know, coming, you know, cons- considering the circumstances, there are. Um, you mentioned that one team's coming off of an overtime win last night. It you know a totally different um, area code. Detroit uh, flies over here. Does all of that stuff within 24 hours, lands in, you know, gets to the Raptors arena, and they look like the fresher team. And like I said, this a lot of people have talked about Zarrar the last however many years. The Raptors need a Christmas game. The Raptors need a Christmas game. The Toronto Raptors need a Christmas game, and, and they got three days off. The last time they played was Friday night, the 23rd, versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was a win. Very good win. They had the 24th off, the 25th off, and the 26th off. They're playing tonight on the 27th, and here we are with them looking like the more lethargic basketball team. Um, Aiden, did you expect more from the Raptors after all that rest? Yeah, of course. And we give all the excuses to the Raptors when they're playing on a back-to-back and they're flying in late and we're like, oh, it's kind of an expected loss. So, yeah, at home, post three days rest, against a team on a back-to-back who played five quarters of basketball, like there's just zero excuse to not put the pedal to the metal and – and 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 push the the opponent and i think you know they did early on that's the thing is that you know i i like i said i was saying earlier as well like i feel like they did play a pretty good game they're like the third quarter they fall apart their shooting goes cold but like they're open looks like they're doing everything they're supposed to um and so it kind of begs the question of like is this just one of those like off games or is this like this is systemically a problem and I and to answer like Zarrar's rant, I think you know I've been a proponent of of letting Masai run the six nine experiment out to its fullest, but it is possible now that his premonition of where the league is going was actually wrong, and that um, it wasn't going to like this positionless like game of basketball where everybody's six nine and can do everything all at once. It it was it's going somewhere else, which is that it's still kind of archetypical in their positions but all of those positions are super dynamic and you know versatile so uh it could be that just masai got this wrong i don't know uh, it, it, it might just be that the six nine thing is the garnish not the main ingredient yeah. in the cocktail yeah yeah absolutely and you look at a team like um the boston celtics you know for example their big is Al Horford, who's given tons of bigs around the league issues. And he's not some big seven foot one or seven foot two, you know, Goliath sitting in the paint, but he is a guy that's, I believe he's 6'10 around there. Um, and he gives players issues. A lot of times it's because of his ability to move, his mobility defensively. And I think when Nick Nurse kind of evaluated this roster, he imagined guys in, you know, a role similar to that. But the fact of the matter is, Rahar is right. I mean, Last time the Raptors had success in the playoffs was what 2019. We're talking elongated success 2019 when they won the championship, and they had guys like Marcus All and they had Serge Ibaka coming off the bench, and they had these bigger, stronger, taller guys to protect the paint. And I think when you rely on guys like Thaddeus Young um, in roles like that, it's just it's not going to you know cut it. And you rely on guys like Ken Birch, it's not going to cut it. Right. The counter, the counter to that is that the guys who they anticipate to be the Al Horford or the although, like, there are a few people that are Al, Al Horford types. He's in a Hall of Famer, yeah. but the who they're anticipating to be Time Lord and Al Horford 
what was precious who's not ready and got injured and could be scotty in some like shape or form but is not ready so like you know i'm not saying that it's it's a failed experiment i think boston's a great example although you marcus smart is probably the exception here where he can guard all five positions despite being six four whereas freddie can't but um other than that it's a good example and i just think that like we we you know this six nine experiment needs to work when all five guys are at the height of their powers on both ends and and we're not right now and you know like the the, the i don't know systemic seems like a systemic seems like a very very strong word and maybe because that sort of implies that it's it's you know it's like a there's no recovery point if it's systemic like you got you got to do a complete overhaul and i i, I don't know if it's that severe uh, but 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 i do look at like what how teams are having success in the nba and what, what whether you believe in the 69 or a big man or whatever thing at all i think you can definitely agree that three point shooting is a absolute prerequisite yeah. to have any sort of meaningful success in this league especially in the postseason I, I think you guys agree with that. We we, we yeah, can't yeah. not be a what is it right now like bottom bottom two three point shooting team at thirty at thirty two point nine. That's what we shoot. That's 29th in the league. Only the only the Hornets are behind us. I just don't see how you can you can have success like that. Like which players right now are underperforming from three point that 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 this is happening i'm sure masai didn't expect to uh, for, for the raptors to be this bad at three-point shooting which yeah. means that somebody on the team is severely underperforming from three who are those people because i don't see anybody like i don't think i don't see anybody I think it's og and fred if i'm not mistaken well that, that's the thing is that if you individually go through the players it's like is freddie an elite three-point shooter yes like i would say yes is og yeah. he's close is gary he's close like they're not bad three-point shooters. They've been shooting horribly, but they're mm-hmm. like you know, OG's well, come around I mean, in the last little while. I'll give you Fred. I, I, I don't know if if I, I would call elite. We throw the word elite around a little too much. I think Fred, you can convince me. Yes, he's 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 shown over. But OG, OG, and 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 Gary being like elite, and I mean like elite, like clutch three-point shooting, good fourth-quarter shooting consistently. I don't know if they're elite, but that's kind of more my point is that everybody on the roster is sort of shooting where I would expect them to shoot kind of like who, who is like severely underperforming from three. I think you, oh, what I you're think- seeing Zarrar is like minimal is, 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 I don't want to say minimal, maybe a little bit more than minimal moderate regression, but it's across the board. It's not, it's not massive regression. We're seeing from Fred shooting the three ball or, or Gary or OG. I think it's moderate enough. Where and then you're also not getting anything from the bench. I mean, Chris Boucher, I'm sure, is shooting under 35% this year. Um, there's you know, Delano Benton. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Thaddeus Young, I know, is probably under 30. Um, and then who else? Who else is there for you off the bench? I mean, Champagne, Down Jr., the best shooter on the, minutes, the team this so. year is their best shooter on the team this year is Malachi Flynn, but yeah, but OG's a career 37% shooter, Gary's a 38% shooter. Uh, yeah. And he's a 38% shooter career it, from three. It, so I just looked it up. It, it's Fred who is at 33%, which is below his uh, career. Siakam's at 35, which I think is kind of where you expect him to be. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think he's you know he's not gonna be a 40% guy. Maybe he will, but you don't expect that. OG's at 35, which is what you would expect him to be. Gary's at 33.9, so 34. 
little bit less than what he's expected to be. And then you have like absolutely nothing from Scotty at 30, Boucher at 27. Uh, Precious hasn't played much. Uh, Malachi Flynn's at 46. That's good. Otto Porter hasn't played much. So it's like it's, it's even the free agent guys that they had signed hoping to alleviate that that problem hasn't really gone their way. Um, so and and where, where are we at? Rebounding, we're better this year. So, you know, you know kudos to Masai for that. But again, stepping back, you, you look at three-point shooting and rebounding. Those have been our problems for like three, four, three straight years since 2019, basically. And they have remained unaddressed. And people who are like you know, like criticizing Nick Nurse uh, for this, I honestly don't know what Nurse can like. Nurse can Nurse do better in his offense? No doubt. I think he can do a bunch of things better. I think they have done better recently too. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not really like yeah. you know criticizing Nurse uh, at all. I, I think he's doing sort of what he can with with the lineup. But I do question the composition of this roster, um, and and really think that it's it's sort of flawed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I do contend with the fact that, like, I think there is a world where they are shooting better. Um, and, you know, it's a good point. Like, Otto Porter Jr. was a big part of that plan. Um, and and Wancho's done somewhat a good job, but he's not Otto Porter Jr. And then Boucher's fallen off a cliff, too. And I think they expected more from him this year as well. So I think I think in the aggregate, there has been a lot of disappointment from individual players and like OG is one of them. I think it, like for a good stretch there, his, his shooting fell right off and his defense was spectacular, but, um, and then Freddie fell right off for a while and Gary fell right. Off. Like, I mean, it, it does beg the question, is this just what you're going to get from these guys? No. Or is this like a big spell? And in I'll, which case, I'll, I'll tell you, I think, I think, I think I'm going to talk about that. I, I think it's a lot about how this offense is generally initiated. I don't see our guys, uh, do, doing a lot of slashing, I see a lot of lot right. of offense originating from stop positions. Like people, uh, Scotty Barnes is a great example of this. Like it's it's very rare that Scotty catches the ball in stride in a cut, like as he's cutting going towards the rim. Yeah. Scotty usually catches the ball kind of higher than the elbow and does some sort of a move or passes it off. But I, I can't I can't even tell you in this game uh, that he caught the ball in stride and went to the rim in a half court situation. We just don't do that. Like we don't have that um, that that ability, it seems, or I, I don't know if it's by design or or whatever it is, but we don't necessarily generate. Um, we, we don't utilize the length and of, of stride we have in our half court setting because we always when we pass, we even even on kickouts, we sort of catch the ball and take our time with it. We're not really quick on the action, and when you do that, that just gives the the, the defense more time to settle down and contest your three point shots better. So I think more slashing is. It's definitely one of the keys that I would like to see the Raptors do a little more of because they have the personnel. OG to me should be catching the ball 50% of the time in like slashing positions instead of stopping and then like weighing what he's going to do next using yeah. uh, his, his pull up game. Yeah. The problem, the, the only, I think, in theory, I think Zarar that works. I think the only issue with that is that if you do that, you know, if you slash a lot more, you know, Full break, full uh, acceleration to the basket, OG, whoever it is, right? OG, Pascal Siakam. Siakam's going to do it regardless. He knows the double teams he's going to see. I think the problem with that is that when teams start packing the paint and the ball starts getting kicked out, are the shots going to be made? And I think that's the difficult thing for the Raptors. And I don't know if they can um, get beyond that because now, where are we? We're at the end of December, right? We're approaching January, we're approaching 2023. And I think. 
the Raptors are still see, still seeing the same issues, not just offensively but defensively as well. It's the same, um, you know, problems and the same results that they're getting game in, game out. Um, we talked about defensively; they cannot stop bigs around the paint. Zubak had ten. I'm just seeing it now. He had ten offensive rebounds himself in this game. I, that's insane. So, um, and then from the offensive standpoint, can the Raptors hit a three? Is adding one or two players to the rotation going to solve that, or replacing one or two players in the rotation going to solve that? Um, I don't know, and I don't know if the Raptors. You know, I'm sure they know what the issues are um, stylistically with this with this roster, but can they fix everything in one trade deadline? I'm not 100% sure. Um, you would hope that you know shooting and some size is added to this team, but um, you are right, those are right. I think theoretically, a lot more slashing would work. With the players you have, OG, OG, OG Pascal, um, and then Fred has who's been. We've talked about it. I think myself and uh, Oren were talking about it the last time we were on. Fred's almost flipped his game this year, where um, he's not kind of producing only um, at an efficient rate from beyond the three point line. He's producing pretty efficiently within the three point line as well near the paint, which used to be kind of his struggles um, all season. Um, I was in and out of this game, guys. I'm just realizing now, Fred Van Fleet. Played 23 minutes. Was that yeah, a good thing? Yeah, he heard his back. Yeah, he's got, he's okay. got back issues. Uh, okay. But, you know, he, what are you going to do about that? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Aiden, you want you want to chime in on uh, – so, so somebody made a great point here. Uh, you know, we were talking about here – let me just put this up. Uh, if something hasn't been addressed for three years and the composition of the roster is not changing, would you not call that systemic? That's a fair point. If it's lasted three years, it's not – Maybe it's benign, but it's not. But it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they tried to replace Gasol Baines, and that was a failed experiment. Like, and I think uh, again, like I think we, like at the end of the season, it was laughable, right? But at the beginning of the season, he was he had a great year in Phoenix. He was genuinely supposed to be like a big. So that so there's that, and then you know, last year was truly the first year where there was the, the experiment was in full execution, right? Like they. They had no big purposefully, purposely, and they ran Scotty and Precious as the as the bigs more or less. So this is only really year two to me, and 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 Precious has been injured, so that's a big part of it. I think, uh, I think probably our rebounding is always going to be was always going to be bad, but I don't think they expected it to be this poor. Well, but Precious was quite poor to start the season. It's not like he was doing. Good. Oh yeah, he's had a terrible year. But I think they again they were work. They were hoping that he would grow too. And and you know the first game of the season, Scotty was our starting center. I, like I think they have, they expected this to be you know a collective effort, and that Scotty was going to be this guy, this six ten big long dude that could swallow swallow boards up. Yeah, I think. And, and also, like, I, I think people, you know, talking about, like, yeah, we shouldn't start Coloco and all that. And, yeah, probably Coloco probably is too young to start on a team that requires so much of a, of a big man because they have such little depth there. Uh, I, I, to- I totally get that point of view. Uh, the guy has done quite amazing, though, overall as a rookie. Yeah, he's had some he's, some some bad games here and there. He looks out of, like, out, out of touch. But for a rookie thrown into kind of the, the, the wild on a team with, like, little depth and really not great veterans like sometimes we forget that Ken Birch isn't necessarily a veteran like yeah he's been no. in the league for a while but it's not like he's an accomplished uh player at his position 
you know, he was in Orlando before this. So it's not like he has years of playoff experience where he can kind of coach the other bigs into what to look out for. He just, he's just, a, he's more or less a journeyman who I think a lot of our fan base has sort of elevated expect- expectations of for some reason, even though the guy really hasn't done a tremendous amount in his career. So that's the guy, though, that's the guy who is like kind of mentoring Coloco. It's not like you have a vet in there. So you're kind of, even our young big men, are sort of on their own in terms of like learning from their peers' experiences. I was gonna say, I was gonna say you forgot about Jamal McGlure. <laughs> I mean, on on paper, Zarar, I could kind of see why people are clamoring for Kemba. So, sorry, can, can, sorry can, I, can I? Jamal McGlure does not play. No, no, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's just there for the for the. You could have hook shots. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a valid retort to that one. Yeah, and I had people respond to me on Twitter and mention Kem Birch, why isn't he entering the game? And um, I think on paper, people look at him um, and go, this is a, one of the taller guys on the team. He has some size. He has some, some he has a strong, very strong frame. He's smart. So when, when his knees are working, he can protect the rim pretty decently. He can, he can elevate a little bit when his knees are working. I don't know if his knees have been working the last couple of seasons, but um, I think people are almost running out of ideas with this Raptors team and, and how to solve this issue. And I think Cam Birch is just another thing that fans are just grasping onto when I think, like you said, Zarar, he hasn't really proven anything. Remember, you, you said he was playing on Orlando. He was barely playing on Orlando. Like we're talking yeah. about playing on one of the worst teams in the league the last three, four five seasons. And he wasn't even, you know, a consistent role player on that team. So um, did he grow since then? Sure. But I think, to say, you know, Kemba should come in and, and, you know, he'd solve whatever the Raptors, whatever's ailing the Raptors. I don't know if that's a, that's no. a, you know, my, 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 my concern is, is that, uh, you, know, I, you know, let me just say that. I mean, these guys have won championships and I've gone on the record saying, after you win a title, you should have five years to do whatever the F you want to do. Like you want to go try whatever experiment you do, go do it, man. You've earned the right because you gave us a title. And sometimes you forget, man, the Raptors have a freaking title, man. That was unthinkable not too long ago. And the fact that we have a championship sitting at Scotiabank Center is in itself something quite special to me. Uh, but my concern with this with this plan is that we might have some sort of uh, escalation of commitment bias here where we really want this plan to succeed and we'll throw a lot of time and resources on it, even though there's already enough data that says this may not be what 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 will win you games in this league, especially because the rest of the league isn't really playing by the same rules. They're playing yeah. by a different set of their standards are different. Their their strategies appear to be different. I don't I can't think of any team in the league, any successful team in the league that has adopted a similar strategy for like the Raptors. Uh, so they're swimming against the grain here. So unless this is a, you know, this might be successful if we're like a couple of years ahead of what everybody else is eventually going to do. And maybe when this experiment was started, that's what Masai thought. The league I think so. And we're, we're just ahead of the game. But we zigged and everybody else zagged. And now we're wondering, should we, should we have zigged at all? Or should we go back to zagging? <laughs> We go back to Zaggy, exactly. Um, let's do a quick break, guys, and we'll talk about um, one of our partners and sponsors of the show, and that is Manscaped. And I think people know by now Manscaped is one of the best men's uh, grooming companies out there. Um, 
You know, if we talk about their new lawnmower 4.0, it has <laughs> technology. And um, yeah, I mean, I can officially say I've used it. It's great. Um, I've used their nose trimmer as well. That's fantastic. Um, everything. I've used just about everything. I just ordered, uh, I made another order. I got one of their um, no body scrubbers. Yeah, I got one of their body scrubbers. Um, so I'm excited for that as well. Um, there's a lot. So um, it's not just, we're not just talking about, you know, electric shavers, guys. You can even get, I mean, if you're a razor person, you like to hold that razor, you can even order a razor as well. Um, but I prefer the Manscaped lawnmower. I think Aiden and Keon can say the same. It is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's over 4 million balls. Do not make it awkward. You can join us and use all the right tools for the job because when it comes to your balls, guys, you do not want to take any chances. Don't waste your money on um, any of that dollar store stuff. Um, trust us, it's just not worth it. Also, I'm skin sensitive, so I use some of their skincare products as well. Um, Christmas has passed, guys. New Year's Eve is on the way. Right. So if you missed some presents, I don't know. Maybe you couldn't make it. Maybe your presents still haven't made it um, to, you know, your loved ones or your friends. Um, order them Manscaped. Why not? You know, you know, order it also. Manscaped. Yeah, it's also like maybe maybe Scotty should use it because it'll help with his slashing. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe it's like preventing him from making those strides. Maybe this is there what he needs go. to like just finally get into that groove. You know what I mean? Maybe he's like exactly. trying to run, but like. Something's getting stuck down there. I don't know, Could but be. this this might Could help. Be. I don't Could know. Be. I don't know. Could be a little friction down there. Um, go to <laughs> go to manscaped.com. Check out all their new items, especially the lawnmower 4.0, as well as their incredible luxury grooming bundles. Um, and if you do get a bundle, I've said this before, you do get a free travel bag and anti-chafing boxers, which I am currently wearing right now and are absolutely fantastic. Um, but no matter what you purchase, you can receive free shipping. With our code on wrap up, our code is wrap up R A P U P, um, and yeah, you get twenty percent off and free shipping your on your entire order. Wrap up. Okay. Whew. Okay. That was good, right? Everybody go buy it now. We gotta we gotta we tighten that up. I think next time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll work on that one. R A P U P. Wrap up. <laughs> Enjoy everybody. Um, and that was the short version, guys. I don't know if you guys have ever seen me do this solo. I go through the entire minute and a half, two minute ad read, and the people love it. So, yeah. Okay. What else? We uh, got? What's next? What are we talking about next? Are we talking about what, what's next here? Um, I wanted to talk about a guy who has been struggling for, I think, the last, I think you could say the last month or so, and that's Chris Boucher. Um, he only got nine minutes in this game. He was a minus six, zeros across the board, except for obviously his rebounding. He did get three, secure three rebounds in the game. DNP um, against we, Cleveland. Are we, yeah, are we all on board that Chris Boucher maybe doesn't deserve minutes at this point because he hasn't been playing that great? But at this point, I think Nick Nurse, like I've said it before, he's running out of ideas. I think you just throw Chris Boucher out there for 15, 20 minutes and just hope that, um, you know, his struggles wear off because – I feel like the Raptors are just a much, much better team when they have a consistent Chris Boucher coming off the bench, right? Well, the Raptors are better when they have good offensive rebounding and good mm-hmm. three-point shooting on the floor. And Chris Boucher, when he's good, brings both to some degree. Uh, so, you know, like we can't, like, if you're, okay, if you're a team that is not where it needs to be and you're looking at Chris Boucher as the guy that's underperforming, 
that sounds like a bigger problem than just Chris Boucher. So yeah, I, we can talk about Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher is uh, like he's you know, p- 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 after a while people know who your game is, man. They they know you're a three point shooter who likes to like crank it up, and then they they know how to keep you off the offensive rebounds. If if players, if coaches, and uh, Lou is a you know, as, as as much as it hurts me saying it, he is a pretty damn good yeah. coach. And uh, so a, g- a guy like him can easily tell his players, Chris Boucher likes to do X, Y, and Z, and you got to do A, B, and C to keep him off. And his players are listening to him. Chris Boucher can be easily sort of shut down. Chris Boucher is effective against teams that are not prepared for Chris Boucher. But if a team is prepared and understands what Chris Boucher's limited skills are, they can he, he can be game planned for. I kind of wonder if the – I was thinking about this at the beginning of the pod. Like, maybe he needs to be put in the starting lineup. Like, I think the the spark plug Boucher idea was a good one. But to Zarara's point, like, coming in with rotation players, it's a little bit easier to, to like, prepare for. And then also, you know, when you're dealing with four offensively-minded guys being the starting lineup, it's easier for Boucher to get there and crash the boards. He's also like a good defender positionally. I think he he understands the Raptors' defense. It's why they they resigned him and kept him. Um, and maybe you know it just gives us another set of long arms and height on the back line that we can use. Kind of use him like a time lord situation. So I don't know. It's not, maybe it's time to switch him up a little bit. But he's been really bad lately. Um, and, and and yeah, like his antics too, like offensive rebounding and then throwing it back up and claiming to get fouled and nothing's happening like it's starting to become a little bit old and i think nurse got really tired of it yeah i I think nurse's rotation today kind of says what he thinks about the center position like i thought you know with with birch coloco um and if you want to throw in boucher in there playing a combined 21 minutes that says lack of confidence he yeah i i think coloco should be done i think like so Brandon was tweeting. I was like, he needs to go to the G League and just go get reps now. Like I, he, he I think, I think the, not playing Birch tonight was another mistake. Like he, Birch is the one guy that you can put. I know we're getting off top of Boucher, but I just want to say about Birch. Like, he's the one guy that can muscle up. He understands what to do positionally. You can rely on him to just be on his own and do his best and try and defensive rebound. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a little bit over Coloco. Yeah, I, I I'd say you know like th- that's a great point, Aiden. You know, like, y- we we had Zubach there today. If you had to pick one guy on the Raptors roster who can go somewhat toe to toe with Zubach just to keep contain him on the glass, who would you guys pick? Yeah, like it's the the answer is so obvious uh, okay. that it doesn't even need to be said. Yet 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 we have we have our closest matchup to that guy. Playing like what? What like what? What did he play again? Uh, uh, Birch three 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 minutes, and the guy had sixteen rebounds. And I'm looking at Zubac's like uh his 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 last few games. Like sixteen is he hasn't had sixteen rebounds since uh since let me let me check here the date. Uh, damn, like not for a while. Like if you look at his game log, like he hasn't had sixteen rebounds this entire month. So he put up a. Month high rebounding total against the Raptors. I wonder. I wonder when was the last time he had ten offensive rebounds as well. That's that has to be a first. On I'll do some research so, while you guys talk. Yeah. So, um, and that was you answered my second question as well, even because I was going to say what changes can you make to the starting lineup because you have Lancho Hernan Gomez who's kind of locked down that position in the starting lineup so far. I guess temporarily for Nick Nurse and the Raptors, um, and now I think you try something new and. 
Um, I kind of feel awful for Nick because, you know, you go into the game and you're leading 29-27 after the first quarter. So, I mean, starting, starting lineup has to be doing something right at that point. against a very good Clippers team. And then you're coming back out, you know, with the starters to start the second half and everything just implodes. And I don't know um, if, you know, that's just blaming one player or what it is, but I think you do need a little bit more balance. And I think this may be the one time where Nick Nurse says, you know what, Chris, you have to actually start, you know, going back to, I, I don't know if Chris Boucher's, you know, consistently started games ever for the Raptors and uh, maybe going back to the Tampa season. Um, I feel like everyone was injured during that season, but. Uh, I, 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 I don't understand this rationale, Sahal, of like promoting somebody who has, who is underperforming into the starting lineup. Yeah, is it? What lever you're trying to pull by? Is it just like a change of scenery? It's confidence. Like a, it, yeah, it's a show yeah. of loyalty. It's like you are, and 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 he's Nick's Nurse has done the opposite, and in the past that has encouraged Boucher. Like he got benched early last year, and he came back with a vengeance. So maybe he's hoping to do the same this year. But I think the levers are a showing a sign of confidence, and b hoping that there's some kind of chemistry or like catalyst that happens throwing him in with guys who can get him the ball in positions to score i also hope that they're telling him to stop to stop chucking corner threes all day yeah and i do think chris boucher when you look up and down at the raptors roster he's one of the most active guys around the glass as well so coming off of a game like this um maybe you just do need someone to battle a little bit around the glass because i think it's unfair to look at this team and go, you know what, Pascal Siakam, you're doing absolutely everything for us offensively, but you, now you got to go down there underneath the rim and, you know, knock someone's head off to grab a rebound. I think it's just unfair. Uh, Chris Boucher is one of those guys that coming off of the bench, he's getting three, four, five offensive rebounds in the span of 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, no one bats an eye because that's just the Chris Boucher people expect. Um, but I don't know. I think, yeah, it's just a confidence booster boosters are. Our. That's, that's part of the reason why I asked the question because it comes down to does Chris Boucher deserve it, right? Or do you look at it from the other perspective where you just need a change, right? You just need some sort of change that maybe fuels um, what you have because the third quarter it seems like you're just seeing the same story with the Raptors um, beyond the roster issues. The same third quarter collapse. It's the same fourth quarter um, everyone's calling it a fake comeback now at the end of the yeah. fourth where the Raptors are down 15-20 and they close it to eight or six and then they just end up losing the game. So um, I feel like it's just the same story over and over and over again for the Raptors, right? Yeah, I got I got your answer for last time. He had He's had 10, more than 10 offensive rebounds once this year and that was against that monster game against Indiana. He had like 29 rebounds or something. So he had 12 mm-hmm. in that game. Other than that, this is his uh, his best offensive rebounding game. Um yeah, hey, hey can, 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 to your point about the fake comeback, mm-hmm. this year, after many years, I started watching the Raptors feed again because yeah. uh, because uh, Blake Murphy, our our, our friend, is uh, is is on the pregames on Sportsnet sometimes. So I tune in yeah. just to check check him out, see what he's doing, see what he's wearing, see what, see, see, see what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Blake should really be the color commentator for the Raptors if anybody is, uh, you know. Uh, let, let's start the Blake for color commentator yeah. position. We're, we're a little biased here at Raptors Republic, but we're... Uh, no bias. Right. No bias whatsoever. This is, has yeah. nothing to do with that. This has everything to do with the fact that he probably would be quite good in He's that so position. Talented. Certainly yeah. better than what we got going there uh, right now. Uh, but that's not why... But, but, so that's why I'm in, I've been turned. I've been watching more Raptors broadcasts this year because I usually watch mm-hmm. the opposite feed. But, man, 
I am being reminded why I don't usually watch the Raptors feed because, oh my God, the homerism and the freaking polishing the turd that happens on Raptors broadcast when the team is losing and Devlin is just making excuse after excuse, back to back, contact, no call. Like, just call the game, man. If the team sucks, it's okay to say they're struggling. Nobody's going to turn off their TV and stop becoming a Raptor fan. Don't worry about it. Like, we're all here for the long term. You don't have to worry about us flipping. Just call the game. Like, if somebody makes a bad shot, say it's a bad shot. Don't make an excuse for them. You don't have to do that. We're here for the long run. Mm-hmm. That's it. Second rant over. Nice. We needed two at least. I mean, the over-under was set at 1.5 for Uzerar, so um, we got the over, which is nice. Um, yes, Blake Murphy definitely does use Manscaped. He does. And I'm going to stop because I think I've talked about Manscaped enough. Zerar and Aiden are going to lose their minds soon. Um, the Raptors do fall to 15 and 19. We didn't speak about Can-Am tax yet, but if you haven't, um, I mean, you've been watching the show, I'm assuming, for, for years now. We've been talking about Can-Am tax for years now. You can see it at the top right of the screen. You could call them at 416-243-2912. They are our long-term supporter here at Raptors Republic and particularly at the wrap-up. So we love Can-Am tax. Um, getting into Can-Am tax, Aiden, who is your tax man? No, um, I'm in a lateral list as there are just because okay. it's uh, so lovely to have him right. here. And in this disgruntled mood, who knows what we're going to get. I'm, I'm not disgruntled. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, what was it, the player of the game here, the Can-Am tax? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. which player impressed you the most? Impressed. I mean, is it? Is it, is it this is the uh, not Pascal Siakam award, basically? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, but we may have to. Yes, for measures. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call it the not Pascal Siakam award? <laughs> we we um, may have to. I, like who who impressed me? Like I, I don't know, man. I mean Barnes, I guess. Uh, you know he had a he had a better game than he's had uh, off late. A little bit more confidence. Gary shot he, pretty well. Like yeah, he's he's making a, a bit of a comeback offensively at least. Defensively, he's still sort of disappointing to me. Uh, the, the Raptors like there's a play today where uh, or several plays today where you know when the other team gets the ball. Like it's it falls to Paul George or somebody, and they kind of like waltz their way through the defense for a dunk. Like no play annoys me more than when than when that happens because that tells me all five guys fell asleep, all of them. And I, I hate it even more when there's not an immediate timeout called after it because that says, hey, that's just part of the game. How do you get? How do you let the guy who? And this remember, this is not like one of those like a guy who just caught the ball and like zipped it to somebody else and had a fast break, or or like somebody like somebody speedy like Shy or somebody or Shea uh, caught the ball and went out. It's like Paul George getting the rebound, casually dribbling his way through crossover or two at midcourt, another one at three point line dunk. What what the hell is that? That's that's how is that a, a good defensive team which allows that two or three times a game? So that's the kind of stuff that bugs me about Scotty because he's sort of complicit. In those sorts of plays, I know this is a Scotty. Yeah. Podcast. So you are giving to Scotty? <laughs> I know I am giving to Scotty. I'm giving to Scotty, but also reminding me of what Scotty kind of did at times. Okay, so, I, so, for so what it's worth, I would have given it to Malachi. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say Malachi played. I mean, a solid game considering what we've seen from him this season, or the the, the lack of what we've seen. Um, I think due to Nick Nurse more than anything from Malachi Flynn. Um, before before we do leave, uh, we haven't done this yet, I think, on this show, but I want to redirect everyone to an event that is taking place on February 7th. It mm-hmm. is a Raptors Republic event that's taking place at, um, I believe it's called Rivoli, um, Zarar, if I'm not mistaken. 
Tuesday. Yes, it's, yes, it's Tuesday, on February seventh. Yeah, yeah, it's right. on. Uh, it's on um, February seventh at Rivoli, Toronto. Uh, I think sorry. I think you're gonna be there, Sahal. Uh, I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gonna be a bunch of rappers. So Samson Folk, Lewis, uh, former rapper Katie Heindel, a bunch of other people are gonna be there. Lewis, of course. Warren. And yeah. uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a live podcast. Tickets are like twenty bucks. Uh, like there's a free drink in there with that. And uh, come hang out uh, on uh, February seventh, which is two days before the trade deadline. So it's gonna be lots to talk about. I wish Jersey. I had a graphic to show up here to uh, promote this thing. Uh, but yeah, February 7th, go to RaptorsWorldLeague.com. There's like a link there. Buy the ticket. Get in. I'll be there. Let's talk some Raptors basketball. Meet fellow diehard Raptor fans. We can talk all you want about Malachi Flynn and who should be the captain <laughs> of the game at the event. And then yeah. I'll, host a, I'll host a wrap-up show afterwards so we can critique uh, everybody who appeared in the show. <laughs> Yeah, we can do that. So visit RaptorsRepublic.com. You guys will see the pop-up. I just saw it myself. Um, you guys can buy tickets at that link. Um, if you visit RaptorsRepublic.com, it should be fun. I mean, I'm super excited. Uh, Zarar mentioned, you know, some of the people that are going to be there. Oren from this show is going to be there. Hopefully we get a couple other people. I know Esfandir as well, who's formerly of Raptors Republic, is going to be there. Um, so it's good to see S um, in the building. It's going to be super fun. I know it's on a Tuesday night, guys, but I mean... We're going to talk Raptors. Bring that entire, you know, argument you've been having in the live chat of wrap-up um, and bring it on Tuesday, February 7th at Rivoli in Toronto. It should be so much fun. Um, Here it is. I got yeah. it. I got it. There it is. There it is. I got it. I got it. There, we there it is. Beautiful. There it is. 20 bucks on a uh, bunch of people there. Oh, by the way, if, you, if you're into the 905, uh, and you should be, uh, Andrew Damlin is going to be there. And yeah. like preeminent Raptors Republic uh, reporter for for the Raptors 905, uh, who I who also suck, by the way. So there's not much uh, <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean, it's the truth. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys can meet us there. And um, we will spend maybe the next few shows at wrap up talking about um, what's happening at Rivoli on Tuesday, February 7th. So it should be fun. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, this is coming on a Tuesday night. That's unfortunately a loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to wrap it up here. Before you guys leave us, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe um, to the YouTube channel as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast. Um, tonight, your Raptors were defeated by the LA Clippers 124 to 113. And that brings the Raptors record to 15 and 19 on the season. Live show produced by our friend in the background, Keon Haddad. So we want to say thank you for joining us on behalf of myself, Zarar, and Aiden. That's going to do it for us. I believe the next game is Thursday night versus the Memphis Grizzlies, who currently sit at 20 wins and 12 losses. Um, we loved having you guys. We loved having uh, each and every one of you join us, especially the ones that spoke in the live chat as well. Um, and yeah, we'll How about a prediction? How about a prediction for Memphis? Um, <laughs> I'm going to... I'm gonna go with the loss. I'm gonna go with the loss. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Aiden, what about you? I'm taking the win, baby. All right. There's there's the eternal optimist. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. <laughs>